I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. This is episode 37. I can't even believe I'm saying that. I remember back in April thinking if I could get to three episodes, then I made it. Not knowing how I was going to get to three, but just accomplishing what I had even before I recorded, I felt like a podcast star. (laughs) Then it was get me to 18. And I did. And then it was, what am I going to do with this podcast as far as making a bigger difference other than bringing on these incredible magical guests to share their stories and wisdom and make an impact? I've always been into personal development. Even in high school, I remember reading my dad's Wayne Dyer books. There was also always something about the self-help section of the bookstore that drew me to it. I have gone to countless seminars, taken online courses, listened to podcasts, read books, listen to books on Audible 24-7. If I'm alone running in the car or even cleaning the house, I am learning and growing. I remember celebrating 2020 on New Year's with my family, having no idea like the rest of us what 2020 would really turn out to be. I'm all about intuition, like you know, from listening to my previous episodes. So looking back that day in March, when something inside my head said, start a podcast, I listened. I really didn't know at the time why I listened, but for some reason that day, I said yes. And believe me, I did not have the how, (laughs) but knew the why, the why I wanted to have this podcast I wanted to touch lives and be in someone's ear while they ran or walked or cleaned the house and be their inspiration. And now I can humbly say, I feel like I did that to some degree. And now I say to myself, what is next? If you know me, it's always what is next. So I started to think of the tools I've always taught my girls from all my knowledge I've learned in my life. Knowing that the kids these days are struggling more than ever, I thought, what if I could help parents and inspire them to use the tools I believe are so powerful to help empower their kids, especially during this pandemic? So with no hesitation, because that is how I am, I thought, why don't I create a course for parents on Zoom and teach them my four-step, what I call now magical formula I use with my girls, If I can help even just one mom or dad instill hope and positivity in their child, I will have accomplished what I wanted to when I listened to that voice in my head that knew I wanted to make some kind of impact with this podcast. Fast forward to now, I am in the middle of promoting my free masterclass called Raising Confidence, where parents will learn my magical tools to inspire their kids to live their best life. If you're interested in signing up for the free masterclass in January, send me an email to ashleygonner at gmail.com or go to the show notes and find the link to sign up there. Could you imagine if your child knew these transformational tools now at this age, what a difference it would make in their lives, not only now, but in the future. Our kids deserve to rise up and live with confidence. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you. Now on to today's episode. Today, I have the pleasure to introduce you to Travis Taylor, an incredible gifted man who I found on his podcast called Divine Insight. I'm a true believer, as most of you know, that there are no accidents. Everything that comes into your life is for a reason. When I look for guests to come on the show, it's almost like I'm allowing them to be guided to me. I feel like that 
after each interview, I always say that was the best interview. And my girls and husband laugh and say, you always say that. But like I said, I know people come into your life for a reason to teach us something that we have been led to learn. Having this podcast and meeting these incredible guests have been life-changing for me. I want to give you a little bit of background on Travis before we get started and let you learn about Travis's magic. Travis is an award-winning host of the Divine Insight Show, an intuitive channel, Reiki master, yoga teacher, and life coach. With humor, compassion, love, and inspirational wisdom, Travis shares simple yet powerful techniques to help seekers access their own unique intuitive abilities and tools to help them align to their best selves. Travis is an attorney, adventurer, and athlete, spent most of his career working as an investigator in human resources for the city of Seattle. In 2007, while in Reiki class, he recognized he had spiritual intuitive gifts that inspired him to help others heal. Clients have described Travis as a soul whisperer, one who provides a safe space for them to heal and become the person they have always wanted to be. Using his powerful psychic channeling abilities, Travis quickly determines what is holding people back from being their most empowered selves. I am so excited to get this interview started. So please, without further ado, welcome Travis to the show. Thank you so much, Ashley. It's such a pleasure to be on. And like we were talking about before we started, it's such a magical opportunity to be aligned with synchronicities so that you can really fully know that the person you meet, even for a moment, is exactly who you need to in that moment to learn, grow, experience, and have joy in your life. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And, you know, I've been, like I told you, I've been listening to Divine Insight, your show on um, your podcast and, you know, listening to you and I just resonate. And like I said in the intro, you know, when people come into your life at that time and I just, it's an allowing and these guests on this podcast has been a blessing. And I feel like where I am now in my life, you came into it at the perfect time. And it's like showing me like, as soon as you allow and let God or the universe come and bring these people and you have an awareness of that, then it's like the magic, then you're like my magic. And I feel so grateful and I love your story. And I would love for you just to give us a little background and start there. And then I have a million questions for you. (laughs) Sure. And I always love questions. You know, I was as somebody who is usually on your side of the seat and the chair, you know, as as an investigator, you know, HR, as an attorney, you know, my job was always to find the source of the problem, find the source of the issue. And it was no surprise to me when I, although it was a surprise in the moment, learning that I had these capabilities that I just work sort of untapped. That's kind of what I continue to do is like, okay, what's the problem? Let's fix the problem. And so I'm still an investigator. I'm just more of an investigator of energy, investigator of spirit, looking for what is holding people back. And so, you know, my story isn't one of I grew up communicating with spirits and always felt intuitive and have always just led this really magical, beautiful, you know, life that you'd see on, you know, Disney Channel or something. It started off in pain. It started off in in trauma. And over time, it continued to do that, whether that was physical or a lot of emotional stuff. I mean, I died when I was born several months early and had to be resuscitated. And so my first inclination of life was it's really hard. <laughs> you have to, you have right. to struggle and, and fight to, to survive, recognizing later that that was also a miracle, you know, a miracle that I was born. And so the short sort of story of my life in just a few moments would be that I have suffered so that I could learn how to be more compassionate with people. The story that I think you might have most recently uh, been 
exposed to was my story in The Last Breath, where I was a collaborative partner along with several other mediums talking about the real sort of metaphor of my life is, is being broken open. That's the title of the story in that book. But also my personal experience is that these hardships, these, these challenges that we face, the difficulties, I think we experience them so that we can have some greater awareness in some ways being forced to, you know, when life's grand, when life's marvelous, we're not necessarily exposed to circumstances that would force us to change or even have a desire to change or to grow. But when things are uncomfortable and things are difficult, we start to question, you know, why is this happening? What am I doing? Who am I? How can I be better? And those are all of the questions that we can become more aligned to be able to answer in our lives. And so I had suffered and struggled in active alcohol addiction that that turned into drug addiction after my mother's death and suicide in 2004. And uh, she was uh, she had cancer and she was dying you know, slowly, but also painfully. And uh, I was involved in her choice of death. She asked me to help her. And wow. that's a choice that not no child should ever be asked of by a parent. But in that, in that moment, I knew that was what I was, quote, supposed to do. And, and I did. I helped her uh, decide her path and, and in secret from the rest of the family at the time. And uh, that was very, very painful. And it's something, you know, that I still work through. But uh, after that, I had a, 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 my first sort of really major spiral uh, into addiction and went into treatment. And it was during treatment uh, rehab that I had the first time my mother came to me uh, in a dream. And her last words to me in the physical realm were, um, next time you see me, I'll be happy. And I didn't really fully understand you know, what that meant until that dream. When, I, when during the dream, she came to me and I felt so much love that I didn't feel I deserved for, and in some ways, when you're struggling in active addiction, doing things that you know are bad for you and not having the control over the addiction cycle to, to be who you really want to be. Um, there's a lot of self sabotage, self judgment, self criticism that comes up. So the idea that someone who is suffering deserves love was foreign to me. And I didn't necessarily believe it. But in that moment, I really felt that I did deserve love and I did deserve life and I did deserve to be happy and fulfilled. And and so I woke up from the dream. I had been crying and I went outside and I, you know, at the time I was smoking. So I was smoking a clove cigarette and looking up, crying at the sky and felt my mom's presence next to me. And she put her hand on my leg and, and just, you know, told me that she loved me. And to be able to feel someone's presence after their death in your life is so wonderful and magical that I just felt in that moment it was going to be okay and I was going to be okay. And so a few years later, I took this Reiki class because it sounded fun. And I think on my, on my tombstone when I die, it'll say, sounded like a good idea at the time because mm-hmm. I can tend to be rather impulsive and, and do, do things. And I find that to be a lot of fun. So anyway, I took this class cause it sounded fun. And I saw um, after the attunement process to the first level of Reiki, which is healing on the physical level. Um, I was standing at a man's shoulders and I, the instructions were say what you see, feel or hear using your intuition. I didn't know what that meant really. And then I set the intention of asking for uh, spiritual guidance as to what was going on in his body. And I saw his pancreas in my mind. I saw it clearly. I knew what it was. I knew what it did, even though I had never had anatomy. And in that moment, I was like, wow, this is really, really cool and fun. And it was something I felt called to do. And since then, I've done thousands of, of Reiki uh, treatments on folks either in person or at a distance, and I'm always amazed and inspired by the healing messages and information and also the, the unique ways in which you know, our energy body is trying to give us information to allow us to feel better and, and get help and all of that. So, 
So I've been doing that since 2007. And so that's sort of it in a nutshell. <laughs> when you go back to that, when your mom was had cancer and she asked mm-hmm. you to help her pass away, do yeah. you feel, and that's kind of when things started opening up for you? Is that do you feel like you were put in that position or you're at the, the rehab and you had all this, this addiction? Do you mm-hmm. think the addiction was fogging down or, you know, hampering you, your gifts? Do you feel like that was like well, clouding I it? I believe that to be the case. I mean, certainly, I mean, what's interesting about, you know, alcohol, you know, if you look at it physiologically is it's not, you know, it, they're called spirits. Right. <laughs> You know, and so when you drink alcohol, the rational mind gets smaller and the emotional mind gets bigger. So you have closer connection to emotions, although as someone with sort of an addiction dis-ease, I will call it, which is just an energetic frequency thing. Obviously, you know, it's it's about being to excess. So the energy around addiction is really about not feeling enough and having to mask or cover emotions that are uncomfortable. But that's a coping mechanism that a lot of people use to cover up things they don't want to experience in their life. Mm -hmm. For me, I wasn't using it consciously to mask or hide from emotions that were uncomfortable. What I realized is it was kind of a a way for me to balance the energies that I was feeling because having I was also suffering from pretty significant ADHD and PTSD that I wasn't recognizing. So you know, I think it's no coincidence that, yes, I think I would have had probably more openness to what was coming through uh, as far as spiritual messages or mediumship things had I not been in active addiction before. Mm -hmm. But um, when it came to my mom, I think, you know, in looking back, she was the first person that I could say I really had a strong connection to, and I, I could feel what she was feeling. And I would later call that empathy, where people have, as an empath, the ability to connect to other people's emotions, not just compassion, where I can recognize uh, how someone else is feeling, but actually feeling it myself, hmm. which ironically, as I w- was started to do Reiki, that was the first thing that I started to pick up on, was that I could feel the emotions going on in the client, because I would say what I was feeling, and it wasn't mine. And then they would share, oh, that's exactly what I'm going through. Uh, how do you know it's not yours? Like what, how do you know that? How do you differentiate? So I'll I'll give you an example. So um, I have never felt uh, claustrophobic where, so when, and um, I guess the shorter answer is if I'm not currently experiencing something and I feel it in someone else, you know, I know it's not mine. So let me Mm -hmm. give you an example. The first time, I had someone that came up that a past life information came up uh, with them. Uh, I was asking for information about what was going on in their body. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was terrified of elevators. I felt like it was difficult to get into a car or feel like any kind of a tunnel was really traumatic for me. And I explained that to the person and I knew that wasn't mine because I hadn't experienced that or wasn't experiencing it in that moment. And when I asked And when I shared that with a person, the person told me, absolutely, that is what I experience every single day. It's very difficult for me to leave the house and to be comfortable and to to do all of these things that other people seem to do easily. And when I asked for what was the source of this, I saw that he had been buried alive in a past life. And I and his what happens with the energy body is that sometimes we have unconscious things that have happened in our past that I call them echoes. They show up in our life now as an echo, something that is an unconscious fear or something that is keeping us from from our absolute wellness. Hmm. And because it was a traumatic death in the past life, we hold on to it in this life as an unconscious fear. So most of the time, I know it's not mine because I know I'm not experiencing it because I basically I clear my entire body and I become neutral before a session. Right, And I say, okay, show me what I need to see in this moment for their greatest wellness. And so if I'm feeling an emotion, then I know it's not mine. How do you clear that then? How do you, what do you do to clear that? Yeah, I do, I do Reiki on myself 
And I basically clear my chakra centers, you know, there's sort of seven primary chakras and I just, I just clear all of them. And it's sort of my process before I go into any session where I do that. And then, um, I, you know, ask to be neutral and it's an intention that I set so that I know that, okay, whatever happens in the next hour is, has nothing to do with me. Right. And so I just say, show me what I need to see that's in their greatest good. And whether that's a specific being or an archangel or a spirit guide or whoever comes through, I ask that my higher self connect with the person's higher self so that I can share what needs to be shared. So when you're so for an example, with the person you were just explaining, being buried alive and claustrophobic, and that's what he brought onto this life. Mm -hmm. How do you clear that from him? Yeah. So essentially I did a technique uh, called a soul, soul retrieval. And we go back to that lifetime and we reconnect with the energy of that portion of the soul that inhabited that body. Because we don't have a conscious recollection of those past lives in this life, we don't necessarily have access to that on our own unless Mm -hmm. we're trained to do sort of a self-soul retrieval, which is kind of a unique thing. Um, But it's something that we can all do uh, with knowledge, you know, and training. But what I did back then is I went back and I communicated with that portion of the spirit, which was being held back in fear and uh, and communicated with the person who was now conscious in this life to allow them to access that experience and essentially reprogram it, knowing that that isn't happening now, knowing that there was no rational reason for them to be afraid in this life. They were able to sort of transmute that experience and separate themselves from what was happening then to what was happening now. Huh. And it was it was resolved in one session, which is marvelous, right? So the person never experienced those uh, difficult uh, times related to that uh, after that, which was great. Huh. You know, I think of knowing what you do and this, the chakras, and I've done a few of the ones that you described in some of your episodes. But, you know, I think of when you were talking about the past lives and how you can go back and see the things that are you know, that they've experienced and the things that they've brought to this place. Mm -hmm. So I know some people believe in past lives. I am one of those people that do. And I feel like I know you do, like we're all, we choose our soul, I think you call it soul pod. Yeah, there are things called, yeah, there are some agreements around soul pods. Yeah. Um, And I loved, um, we explained soul pod and, you know, I feel like it's such a um, comfort when you, learn that you're you're all together and you've chosen to be here together and you're all comfortable like you choose these little souls that you're in your family or your friends and you know there's those people in your life that when you meet them there's just something about them that that just sits with you like oh this is like she's just my I can just feel that with her there's a knowing that when you meet those people that you know that there's something beyond them being here with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I will share with you. So when I first learned the term soul pod from my mentor who taught me about these things, uh, much of this. And um, when I look into someone's soul, when I'm working with somebody as a client in person over the phone or whatever, um, what I notice often is those times when we, they have soul agreements with other people around the experiences that they wanted to learn from each other. So what I like to say and what I've seen is that when we have our chosen family, we have agreements with them over the things that we want to experience karmically, which can resolve things that we may have done or may have experienced because our our goal in life is the greatest is to live those experiences that are going to get us where we want to go the fastest because hmm. we're all in, we all tend to be pretty impatient and right. we want what we want when we want it and that's no different than having the soul decide what experiences we want to learn before we're born to come back and live them so that we can grow so that we can learn more compassion and whatever it is that we wanted to learn is unique to us. So what I like to share with folks is, 
you know, before you're born, imagine it's the same thing as you want to go to a, a movie and you talk to your friends about what they want to see. You're sitting at this etheric table with all of the avatars that you look up to, perhaps Jesus or Buddha, Allah, whomever, and you say, okay, I really want to get this self-love thing. So what kinds of experiences do I need to have in order to truly come to an awareness of that love within myself? And because we're stubborn, we choose those that are going to get us there, as I said, fastest. And often those aren't comfortable. They aren't. In fact, many we would consider to be quite painful or traumatic. I mean, Mm. if I look at my own life, you know, not only did my mother commit suicide, so did my brother many years later. And and going through their processes as someone who was, at least at my brother's time in 2015, or excuse me, 2016, Um, I was doing spiritual work then. So I had more information around why, you know, souls choose to leave when they do and the relative independence of us at times. So I realized that, you know, his experience, although impacted me, didn't have, you know, wasn't everything to do with me. He and I had this karmic agreement around being brothers this time. And so I didn't necessarily feel responsible for, you know, him. He was in active addiction and depressed for much of his adult life. And, you know, I was actually, it was funny as I actually had a regular (laughs) sort of standard human experience around that. I was really upset at him for about a year for doing that. I said, it's not fair. You get to check out and decide to go like that and not fight for your survival, fight to thrive. And even though, you know, I was always trying to find a higher spiritual lesson in that experience, I recognize that I'm also still, you know, I still have an ego. I still have a, have have a human reaction, you know, as well, because I am still in a human body. So sometimes, you know, despite my awareness of the higher spiritual realm, I'm still learning and growing as well myself. Right. Do you view a suicide as that was their free will and they chose that? They could have kept going and growing, but they decided to leave. How do you view suicide? I mean, especially, I didn't yeah, know it's that, I know that it's, close it's to your life. It's very controversial. Yeah. And so um, I know that there are some people that believe that if we, if we commit suicide, we go to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't believe that uh, globally. What I believe is that we go where we believe we're going to go. If And so it's my belief system around that that will dictate more about where I go when I die than anything else. Mm-hmm. I have gone to the lower realm to help retrieve souls that have gone there in a past life. And it is pretty terrible. But mm-hmm. And that's part of why I do what I do. But I don't, you know, I do, yes, believe it's absolutely free will. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have that choice. And we have that choice with complete neutrality and love, not judgment. Right. But uh, do you so. think that your brother in his, before he came here to live this life in this body, decided at this age in 2016, I'm going to kill myself? Hmm. I do believe so. I believe that he huh. knew that that was going to happen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do know our sort of end date when we start. Uh, although we do have free will and, and can change it, I do think that he knew. Wow, gosh! And your mom too—the same thing. Like that, it's all in our plan before we come. Yeah, yeah. And in hers was kind of interesting with me because we had an agreement around that even coming in um, that I didn't come to terms with or even recognize until later, because as I said, I hadn't opened up to my full spirituality before her death. Uh, But to me, it was like losing a best friend. You know, she was the person I was closest to and it was, it was really hard, you know, and I hated it. (laughs) It was not fun. Oh, I bet. Um, Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like at 33, I just felt like I had, lived a full life. I felt like I had all the experiences I wanted to have. And so when my mom died and I had, you know, the boyfriend, I had bought a condo, you know, I had a dog. So when she died, I sort of, and then a month later, my boyfriend broke up with me. I felt like, okay, well, I guess I've had everything I'm going to have. So part of me just sort of gave up and I didn't have a strong will to live. I had 
no more than much of a survival instinct. Wow. Does your brother come to you in your readings at all? Like when you're. So it's funny that you mentioned that because he hadn't. And in some ways, because I hadn't invited him up until literally Thanksgiving, just a few oh weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what, what happened was, is I believed that our time in this realm in my life was over because of his choice to commit suicide and be and move on. Mm-hmm. So I didn't invite him and he didn't interject. There was a lot that he needed to learn and a lot that he wanted to learn. So I, I you know, he's, he's actually gone and learned more about quantum physics, more about the science behind energy medicine that he wasn't really open to when he was alive. And it was interesting because Thanksgiving came along this year. And like I said, I hadn't consciously invited him back because I didn't necessarily think one, I had much to learn from him, which might sound ego, a little mm-hmm. bit egotistical, but you know, not all spirits I think are are completely evolved. So, you know, I know there are some mediums that say everyone that comes through is like love and light and has this amazing spiritual lesson that they could teach you. But from my experience working with clients, sometimes I've had folks that have abused the person that I'm working on and they come through not because they have a message of learning, but because they need to, they need to work through that mm-hmm. experience and, and get on forgiveness. So, you know, they need to work on that piece. So anyway, I was in my kitchen just making dinner and just, you know, I've had my up and downs like everyone else. And I was thinking, gosh, I'm really not where I feel like I want to be. And I just looked over at the fridge and I looked at this photo that's of my mom and I, and all of a sudden I just felt my mom's presence next to me. And then I felt my brother on the other side. And it was, it's the first time that I felt both of them simultaneously in physically since obviously my brother's death, at least. And it was so powerful and overwhelming. I just started crying. I couldn't contain myself. And I've, fell over onto the floor, just crying, just overwhelmed with emotion and how much love that they both have for me. So that was part of my learning is like how much love is available is so much more than I can hold at one time still. And it's just another opportunity for me to continue to learn the things that I want to learn. Wow. So when, when they come to you and you feel, do you feel their energy because you it's familiar to you, right? Is that mm-hmm. the feeling yeah. that you know that feeling from them? Yeah, and their voices. I mean, I can hear them, so I'm clairaudient as well. So, I, oh my gosh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, geez, <laughs> Travis, <laughs> you're amazing. But when so I've always, you know, heard that sometimes, like my dad passed away when I was giving birth. So I gave birth to my first baby on May 5th, and he passed away on the 7th. Just that was 2016. Um, no, 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 last year. My first baby in 2006. My dad passed oh, away okay. in May, that same two days after Paige was born. And I've always, it's always like one life in and the life, you know, in and out. Mm. And it was really, a, really a confusing, you know, grieving versus the, your first child. You know, it was a really right. wow. different experience to have. But my, you know, dealing with that and then really trying to be present and, you know, knowing my dad's here. And then sometimes I'm always reading and listening and obviously to things like you, but I I heard that sometimes when you pass away, you're, you go and you're like, you're not even around your loved ones, but how do you bring, is that true? (laughs) (laughs) I think it depends. I think there are a lot of people that have unfinished sort of business or they connected strongly with their ego selves. And so they feel in many ways that there's something they want to communicate or they want to help or love or support their humans. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends. I think there's definitely a process that people go through to transition. And often though, they want to come back and give signs that they're okay and give signs that, you know, they're, you know, loved ones, they want to be okay too, and all of that. So I think it depends on the person. 
Hmm. So when I've had readings before where your dad hasn't left this realm, he's with you and he's always, you know, he's with you and your sisters all the time because he's always trying to help you. And I always, you know, have the numbers on the clock and the, you know, the owls that are in the trees when I'm running and Mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, connecting Mm -hmm. to that. And it's just, it's a comfort to me, I think. Yeah. Um, But to have that gift that you have that you can, you know, your mom and your brother, that moment, you know, they're still around you, right? They're not, they haven't moved away from this, from you. Yeah, they, they actually, they have. And what happens is, um, I know that my mom has visited my dad pretty regularly, um, but it's not like they're contained in the physical realm still. They have transitioned to the other side, but they can come back. There are other beings who don't transition, who don't actually leave. And, um, you know, some incarnates, if you will, or people that, that lower vibrational beings that just can't let go for whatever reason. Hmm. And so they are stuck in our third dimensional realm. And when I run into them, I try to help them transition (laughs) so that they can move on because they can always come back. It's just another dimension. It's about three feet away. It's just the fifth dimension. We're in the third. So we, in order to connect with the other side, just want to raise our frequency. And so that we can be closer to them. It's a little bit, you know, challenging for them to come into the third dimension. It's a little easier for us to go up to the fifth, but that's sort of a technical thing. Yeah. So when you describe that, so I, I understand the third dimension and that's what we're living now. And I understand the fifth dimension. And I know that in your mind, when you see that fifth dimension, it's just like it's three feet away. That's how you see it. Yeah. I actually, I don't see the other dimension fully. I don't go there very often. Because what I tend to do is I'm like, well, I'm in the physical realm, um, unless I have some reason to go to the fifth, whether I'm working with a client or something, I just kind of like, well, if they, if I need to do something, then come through and tell me, you know, so I, you know, I'm going to the grocery store right now. I don't know <laughs> right. whatever it is that I, that I'm trying to do. So what I usually say is, you know, if the spirit is going to come through with a client, then they'll come through because it's important that they do so. But what I see is in my mind's eye. So, for example, for anyone listening, if you close your eyes right now and you visualize a tree in your mind and you can see the, the, the bark and you can see the branches and you can see the leaves, you know, and if you visualize that tree, that's using your psychic sight only by my instruction. I'm giving you that image. You're right. filling in what it looks like. So someone who's clairvoyant, spirit will give that image to me. So if I see a person in that image, then I know that 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 is someone related to the person that I am working with. And so I communicate to the person what I'm seeing, an aspect of their personality or what they look like. Often they show me how they died so that I can, you know, share that information and connect and make sure it's the right Spirit. Otherwise, you know, you've got spirits available all the time and, and it can be a bit overwhelming. Huh. You know, I've watched people that have your gift and where they can like look around and say, I see, do you, can you do that too? Like if you're in a, have you ever spoken in front of a bunch of people and you'll, you'll see? Sure. Yeah. You will? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's actually super fun. And I've actually been also invited to go into different buildings and do readings of spaces, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of fun as well. It's like, uh, you know, there's we have so many untapped gifts within us that we can all do, but we just don't necessarily have the language for it or are exposed to the circumstances that would illuminate it for us. So what I like to tell people is if you want to have these experiences of accessing your divine gifts that you might not know what they are, then set the intention and ask the universe to show you circumstances in your life to help you help you do that. Say, I, right. I want to know what how I can most easily connect with the universe. Please show me in a way that I can easily understand. And then if you start like itching or something happens physically, then you know, oh, I'm an emotive person. So I'm an empath. So I can pick up on other people's emotions as the gateway. Or perhaps you hear a sound or perhaps you see an image. Those Mm -hmm. are all different sort of access points, all in the same 
area, right? Our third eye. Right. And you pick up the psychic is in the back of your neck. It's in the back of the head. So the, okay. the so metaphysical information that's around us everywhere comes in through the back of the head. And then our brain tries to interpret it. But because that's also where the ego and personality is, what we often do is project what we might expect or what we believe onto that image. So we don't often allow the mystical, magical information to come through because we have some preconceived notion about what it should look like. So when we say it's only through practice, like a muscle that you're able to really kind of fine tune your, your gifts. So it wasn't like the first experience of the clairvoyant vision of the, of the pancreas, you know, it was years before I really kind of, you know, in working through client after client, really kind of fine tuned that ability that I had. Uh, I didn't actually start communicating directly with spirits for another I think it was another two years before I realized that I was connecting with an actual being. Oh, really? Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just something that came through with, with practice. Huh. And I just say it was just so much fun that I, that's why I wanted to do it more and more and more. Right. And you know, I, everyone has that ability, right? They just don't, they don't choose to go where you are. Is that yeah, right? Whatever's right for them. I mean, you know, I had to set up some boundaries because when I realized I was, you know, able to communicate with spirits, it felt a little bit overwhelming. Like, you know, I got woken up in the middle of the night, for example, by this woman who's whispering in my ear, Travis. And, you know, that's startling to me. I woke up and I was like, what? (laughs) Knock it off. No, you know, not when I'm sleeping, not when I'm, you know, driving, not when I blah, blah, blah. And, and, And spirits always respond to our free will. You know, we have that all, we always have that power innate with us. And I think the people that can be afraid of like, of, of sort of quote, bad spirits or evil spirits, I think in some sense, they're both inviting, but also a little bit afraid of them. Mm-hmm. And often that's because of some story that we've read or some television program. Although I can say I have seen some very challenging spirits and communicated with several, but I've always been able to sort of quote resolve whatever that issue was for, for the person that was experiencing it. So there is a higher level and then there's a lower level. They're scary spirits. What makes them that way? Are they lower in the, they haven't been here to grow a lot or they haven't risen up the ladder? Yeah. Let me put it to you in in a different way that I think might illuminate it. So oftentimes we operate vibrationally by our emotions, right? So if I'm in grief, you know, sort of a lower vibrational frequency, if I'm, if I'm feeling shame or guilt, those are the lowest frequencies in the human physical realm. Now, imagine if you are someone who spent most of your life or perhaps your, your death in that, you know, grief, sad, shame, guilt, Mm. fear, all of that. So, so if that's the frequency of the person at death, then at times, that's the frequency of the being after death. Oh, wow. And for those that don't transition to the other side, you know, those, you know, um, there are definitely people, I would say, or former people that are in the physical realm still stuck. But there are other types of entities around as well. I call them like ghouls or just attachments would be another word for it. So mm-hmm. that's why it's great to work in doing energy medicine because you're able to work with the frequencies so people that have an attachment often uh, might get stuck or perhaps you know if, if, if there's a entity that always like to get drunk then they'll be attracted to people that like to get drunk because they want to feel that experience and so they might hang out in bars they might hang out in the areas often that people are in that have that experience and because and people that have you know are opening up their energy body by using alcohol or drugs might have cracks in their energy field, allowing these attachments to come in. Wow. So So, the attachments, mm -hmm. uh, do people, are they aware of them and they, do they feel like there's something, what is the sign that I would feel like I had an attachment? If you have an attachment, then most often you aren't feeling like yourself. Okay. Right. You might have cravings for things you don't often crave. You might have thoughts that are unusual that aren't necessarily ones that you would associate with you and your greatest health. Um, 
There are some that I've seen that are associated with people in addiction patterns that can't seem to maintain their, their sobriety. Yeah, that's kind of the kind of symptoms you might experience. I had one person that I met. Um, it was very interesting because we met at this like at this primary party for a governor or excuse me, a mayor of Seattle. And we ran into each other. We'd never met before. We met eyes and we both had the same thing. I need to know you like in that moment. And so I said, what's your name? What do you do? And I said, so blah, blah, blah. And then I said, what do I do? I said, well, this is my day job, but I also do this work. And he's like, I need to see you for that. So I gave him my card, which I happened to grab. And mm. cause I was, you know, uh, listening to my spirit guides who were telling me, take a card with you. And I was like, I'm going to this thing. It has nothing to do with this work. Right. Oh, uh, wow. But anyway, okay. uh, he made an appointment for the following day and I did a depossession of him. Like there was this, there was a spirit entity stuck with him. He said he had felt it his whole life. Wow. And like there was something that needed to be resolved. And after the session, it was gone and he never had that experience again. Huh. Interesting. So, it's, it's like, as you said earlier, people are exactly aligned to get the healing that they need or the experiences that they have. I'm, I'm not, you know, there are some people that have different beliefs around this, that in doing healing work, they might not be attracted to me or the work that I do. I might not even believe that it's possible, but I've, I've lived it. I've experienced it. So I know, you know, the shadow and, and the things that, you know, aren't necessarily the bright, fuzzy bunny, love and light. Like there are some practitioners out there that, you know, I really appreciate everything they do. And I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just that, you know, we all have those experiences that we need to learn from and do. So that's kind of what I, why I do what I do is because I'm like, Hey, this is, this is not foreign to me. I've had my own darkness, you know, come through that I continue to work with. When um, when you were, you said you were at one point an atheist, right? Yeah, I really resonated with my uncle, who I thought was super smart, and he was really smart. So I didn't necessarily believe in God. I didn't know that I, you know, I didn't really have strong beliefs around around God or God presence or anything until I actually realized I could be wrong. And then I started kind of remembering that, wow, for me to be alive is a miracle that could only be possible if there were beings helping me, right. you know, or something huh. beyond me. And so I consistently ask that that beyond me presence show up in my life so that I can be of greater service to people. And, you know, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, that's been a goal of mine. And uh, now, because I've had so many synchronicities and so many times when I've shared something that's been from a spirit to a client that has resonated with them that, you know, now I have no doubt. Right. And do you think it's, it's um, easier for you as each day goes and you become, cause you're more, you, you do have no doubt, like you're so sure, like it just comes cause you have that knowing. Well, I think I, I still have, you know, all aspects of self, I still have the trauma and and the healing that I need to do for my personality and 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 you know the healing that I'm still working through. So I have ups and downs with it, you know, frankly. And so I'm still learning and and experiencing just as everyone else does. Though I do have I would say more knowledge around how to get the help that I need uh, that's unique to me. Okay. And the helpful for me. Yeah. What is your, um, how would you describe your religion belief or those kind of, what, how would you describe that now that you're not the atheist? <laughs> and you, what do you I would have? just, I would simply say I'm spiritual. Okay. You know, you know, the spirit, here's how I would define like religion is when you take on someone else's belief around your relationship with God, mm-hmm. spirituality is developing and recognizing your own. So I think that when we're, we're, we, our spirituality is like our thumbprint. You know, it's unique to us. I have my own that is special and perfect and aligned with all of the lifetimes that I've had. And, you know, and going back to a little bit about, you know, past lives is like I imagine and I believe that every experience that we have in the present moment is me expressing vibrationally into the world. 
-hmm. And I can choose how I do that. And it's like this thread or this strand of color that, that from my lifetime has a beginning and an end. And because we are infinite, we cannot die. Every lifetime we have is yet another strand. And as I'm living those experiences in the moment, I don't necessarily see how they all fit together. Right. But when I meditate or I pause and I stop and I get a greater awareness, then I can actually sit back and see how these have all fit together in the most perfect mosaic for me huh. of the picture of what, of my lifetimes and why I'm here now. Wow. What is um, the soul plan method? I heard you explain that the soul the soul uh-huh. plan, like the method yeah. that you may have people do? Yeah, so I guess the method would just be like how I connect in. But, you know, we, we all have the ability to to connect in with what our soul plan would have for us. And, you know, I see it metaphorically like the yellow brick road on, on the Wizard of Oz. Huh. So when I ask to be shown what someone's soul plan looks like, I see a gold brick path. And what I see is I say, well, are people on their path? And I see how where we can tweak their lives to become more aligned with what their soul plan has for them. And so that's kind of, I think, you know, we talk about in this industry, the Akashic Records, which is this etheric, essentially this etheric book that contains every memory of every experience you've ever had. And it's aligned and it's sort of like, connected in with our free will. So even though we have those things that we have wanted to experience, we also have free will. And I think of it much like the image that I was sharing earlier about the tree. I think we know what type of tree we are. I think we know when we're born, the type of tree that we want to be, but every branch is a decision point of free will. Right. And I think that much like we said before about the soul pods or the people that we want to live experiences with, we sort of decided on the major ones. Mm -hmm. So the things that we get those strong intuitive hits, like last year, me having the strongest decision to move to Los Angeles, that was in many ways designed by spirit. I just decided to listen. Right. And so the inclinations that we get, the gut feelings that we get is our intuition in action and we'll, we'll, we'll get those experiences that will motivate us to do it. Like to stay on the yellow brick road? To stay on the yellow brick road. Okay. Yeah. So when you see somebody's soul plan, when you are doing a reading and you mm-hmm. see the yellow brick road, do you see them like when they're off the, off the track? Yeah. And, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, people are, we talk about like, decisions that people make that we might judge as being bad. You know, I think in, in a lot of ways, we're never off the path. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of if we're like maybe turned to the side or maybe looking back. So it, it's, it's more like, you know, can I get on the path even more is more how I would describe it because I always see people on the path. They're just maybe not moving forward. They're okay. just sort of standing still looking to the side distracted fear, with something like fear is that fear could definitely them? keep people from doing it either fear of their fear of failure mm-hmm. or even fear of their power many people who have had experiences where they've used their their gifts that is backfired on them will be afraid of their power in this life particularly if if it resulted in you know people dying then in this life, people will be very much afraid of using their gifts. So they might second guess their intuition. They might say, I think I know what I'm supposed to do, but why, but I'm afraid of it. So I'll just Uh, ignore it or I'll second guess it and I'll tell myself a lie that it's not there. And so it's, it's remarkable to me to see how it shows up for people. Right. So you're, when you're doing the reading and you, they're afraid to stay on their yellow brick road and you see the fear and then you go back into their past life, find what it is mm-hmm. that's blocking them or making yeah. them fear that, clear yeah. it, and now they can yeah. continue on the yellow brick road. Yeah. Right? Yeah, with a little bit more of their own flashlight. So I kind of consider myself like kind of like a flashlight in a mirror. I'll help people see their path a little bit more clearly and like help them see themselves. And yeah. Hmm. So thinking of a like a, something that I fear. And I'm fearing it. And then I'm like, I'm good about trying to fit, like looking at myself 
straight on and like, what is it? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm really good at, I really practice that at 52 years old almost. But, you know, the people that don't and they continue to stay off their yellow brick road. And do, is that because they're going to finish this time on this, in this realm, go back to the fifth dimension? And are they still trying to get through that fear? How does that, Yeah. right? So, you know, it's interesting that you said, because there are some people that have been working on self-love for decades or centuries. Okay. And it takes what it takes. So uh, some people might get it this time around, or they might not. It's really about them. And it's not by way of projecting judgment. It's just that that's just the way it is. And so I focus on what is it that I need to see in the moment and recognizing that, you know, we're perfectly imperfect and, and some lessons are really challenging for us all. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we might, some people might get it, you know, really quickly and move on to the next lesson. Uh, Some people, you know, like me might take a step forward and two steps back and three steps forward and one step back and then four, five steps forward and six steps back. So I don't necessarily experience moderation. I'm all over the place, which is kind of, you know, it's part of my neurology, part of my frequency. So I have to focus on, okay, well, how much forgiveness and and self-love can I offer myself today to move forward knowing, you know, that this is within me. And I think it's really about awareness that's the first step to any path is knowing right. that you're on it. Right. And so that's what I encourage folks to do is to develop the awareness because once we have that, we can then connect with our more divine insight and our divine guidance system to help us navigate our path a little bit better. Yes. So true. There's something that came to me was listening to something today that you were saying in a podcast, but it was about abundance and people that are living in lack and, you know, never can make money and have this limiting belief or whatever you call those, that they're always going to be, you know, never enough. And, you know, money doesn't fall, you know, all those things that they've been programmed this for this time. Can they finish this time, go back, come back again and be like fully rich and like living the high life? Or do they still have to get through that to get over those limiting beliefs that they've held on from these past lives? Yeah, I think it would, I don't think there's a a consistent answer to that. And I so appreciate that question. One, I would say some people might really want to get that one lesson about financial abundance. So they'll create circumstances in the next life to support their awareness and working through it. But I think it it depends on the person. I don't think that, you know, financial abundance is the only you know, lesson that people are here to learn or right. receiving, right? Which is really about what that's about is how do I learn to receive everything that I know I deserve? And that's just the one mechanism of that. But no, I don't think anybody's limited by anything other than themselves. So right. if they want, if that's something they want to learn next time, then they'll decide to. Okay. And then like the homeless, the people that choose mm-hmm. to come here and be homeless, mm-hmm. that's just their lesson. Their soul needs to learn that lesson. They could be, yeah, right. And not not everyone who's homeless is is lacking in abundance, right? You know that you know they're. Um, I think it depends on their circumstances. I know that there are a lot of people who are homeless who who are suffering and who who are in pain and don't have the resources, you know, or support necessary to really get the help that they need, right. Any kind of like a baby that comes in with something wrong, they've chosen that. Yeah. That's yeah. their sole purpose. They are going to learn through that. Yeah, that's part of their sole lesson that they wanted to learn. And they don't look at receiving it. receiving support from, you know, huh. learning to let others help you. In the soul realm, in the fifth dimension, when you're deciding to come, that's not, we view that as so bad. Right. We're as a human, we are viewing these hardships and these illnesses as so bad, but they don't you don't view that from that perspective. You view it as Not just from a the lesson soul level, you know, right. from the soul level. Everything's perfect. Right. I love that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, that's, uh, I've taken over an hour of your time, but I could keep going. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> thank you so much. Back. 
thank you. Uh, where, tell us where we could find you. Tell my listeners. I yeah, love this well, so, much. so much. Thank you so much. So you can find me on Instagram at underscore Travis Taylor. I put most of my upcoming events there when I plan them. And I do a live event every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. You can also check out my website, which is divineinsight.com, and look at the sessions page for information about booking a session with me. Right now, for new clients, I'm offering a 15-minute free donation-based energy assessment where I take 15 minutes and dive into all aspects of your being and provide you with some information and kind of some suggestions about where to go from there. You can also book an intuitive session or a healing session right there. And you can check out my Divine Insight podcast either on divineinsight.com on the show page or on YouTube. You can just Google Divine Insight show and I'm like the first nine of 10 that come up or Google Travis Taylor Intuitive. Yeah, so good. And I tell everyone to listen to his podcast, Divine Insight. Every episode is, there's gifts and, you know, there's something also about your, when you do it by yourself, the solos that, that I listen, oh, you just have, it's like you're listening to, you know, this amazing angel or someone that knows their purpose here and that has given this, they have so many, you have so many gifts and to be a gift in this world to these people that, you know, need that. And it's just been so fun to learn and I've grown and you've been in my life for a reason and I've enjoyed this time and I know it's not going to end. And that's why I love this podcast so much is because I can meet people like you and feel like we've had at this our conversation that I never would have gotten unless, you know, we were here together. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm just privileged and honored to have this time with you and this conversation. And so appreciate your questions and, and what they've brought out for us. And I, like you, I know that uh, whoever is meant to see it, hear it, will do so. And it's a privilege and an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Travis. Will you come again and do part two, maybe? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Thank you so much. You bet. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.